I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to some Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Freaker, Santa Claus, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sebus, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? Alright, alright. Woo Bo Sebus, here we go. We went three and two in the super contest last week, which puts us right where we need to be. To win the million dollars. And in celebration of that, I'm going to drink three beers during this recording to go along with the five I've already had. Because I am on (laughs) vacation this week, buddy. And after a minor surgery, that's just what you're supposed to do. By the way, thank you to all the seekers who reached out and made sure old Longhorn was doing okay after his procedure. I am doing fine. And let me just say... It is so great to finally have a regular sized penis. <laughs> it's amazing. Although I will, <laughs> although I will say, the colors don't exactly match, and I feel like maybe Tyrone wasn't the best donor <laughs> match for Old Longhorn. <laughs> now, whether you are here for the funny, it's a quest for fun. I'm gonna have fun, and you're gonna have fun. We're all gonna have so much fucking fun. We'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. (laughs) We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional show in collaboration with 105.3 The Fan in Dallas and the one, the only DallasCowboys.com with our very own Bo Cephas right here and world-famous R.J. Choppy. Hey, Chop, tell the people how excited you are to spend another year with FGH. Well, I made it to the top. This has been the worst experience of my life. Kill me. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always. Right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. 
We got the beer heavily flowing today, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting cowboy choice of the week. Thank you very much, sir. Sir, tonight I am drinking a Cougar Paw <laughs> from the 8th Wonder Brewery yes. in Houston, Texas. That's Houston with an H. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very average beer, two and a half stars out of five. Uh, really upsetting. Mm. It's such a great name will be wasted on such an average beer. Uh, Longhorn, it's no secret I've always loved the older women. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, in, my, in college, my penis was nicknamed Cougar's Raw. Because that's what his favorite thing to do was. Gross. And for all you younger cats out here that think that that's gross, as my buddy just said, or (laughs) that you're only interested in those tight young asses, let me just tell y'all something. Having to bend your neck a little bit more to get down to those nips is well worth the price of free drinks, vacations, and all (laughs) the sexual experience you will gain along the way as a young man. And then, when you get older, like we are now... You got an all-around worldly experience, and there is nothing more attractive to a 20-something than a 30-something dude with confidence and knowledge that guys her age don't have. (laughs) So then you flip the script, and you start banging those younger chicks that you passed on early on. Longhorn, you know, I know we charge for football betting advice, but we should actually start fucking charging for all these goddamn life hacks that we hand out on the podcast each and every fucking week, because... You can't get this kind of fucking information free, not anywhere on earth. I don't, yeah, I think you're on to something. Maybe we should change our brand to uh, whether you're here for the funny, the money, the dick jokes, or the, you know, just life life advice, how to bang cougars. I don't know. I mean, we're, we're here to help you no matter what you need, I guess. We are all-inclusive service, baby. We are going to teach you how to live, how to bet, how to make money, and how to stay in the best pussy possible. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to get in the podcast now. We're going to go over the good, the bad, and the hard. You fucking kidding me? And we're going to go over every, and I mean every, game in the NFL in week two. We're off and rolling, baby. And of course, of course, we're going to get you fucking paid like we do every week with those free picks. But right now, we got to get paid. And to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by KidsBeGone.com. We've all heard the stat that 50% of all marriages end in divorce. Well, here's a stat that you probably haven't heard. 98% of those failed marriages end because of those poor couple's shitty-ass kids. That's right. It's not because the man and woman couldn't get along. They got along just fine before those little nipple-nibblers came along. But now everybody in the goddamn house is miserable because those little fucktards can't go five fucking seconds without needing something from somebody and the marriage fails. Big fucking shocker! Well, if you and your spouse are headed down the road to divorce and you think there's nothing you can do about it, you're fucking wrong. From the company that brought you the service Wife Be Gone comes a brand new service that will save your marriage for sure. Introducing Kids Be Gone! Kids Be Gone is a flat-free, brat-ridding service that will resuscitate your love life by sending your little shit bags packing for good. Talk about a fucking redo on life! Holy shit, these guys are miracle workers! So if your fuck trophies have turned out to be participation ribbons, then you need to go right now to kidsbegone.com and put an our code word glory hole for 10% off their booger eater defeater program. That's kidsbegone.com code word glory hole for 10% off their services one more time. kidsbegone.com code word glory hole. Jesus Christ Longhorn, uh, this is definitely a sponsor that you didn't hit up, but you probably definitely should. And you know, quite frankly, buddy, I find it selfish that you divide, you denied so many loving couples, mm-hmm. you know, 
they were willing to ruin their lives by adopting your shitty kids, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you're just a selfish son of a bitch by keeping them to yourself. So, <laughs> you know, you should feel ashamed. I really think you should. Well, you know what? It's not too late. And with this new and improved Tyrone penis, I think I might go out there and make, make some new ones. <laughs> Find me some cougars that aren't, that aren't dried up and make some, make some new longhorn babies. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good! Well, that's just fucking great! That's just fucking great! The bad! Is this bad? Is this bad? Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it, are you fucking with me? All right, Longhorn, as always, we start off with the good, and the good was fucking us, baby. Like you yeah. said, three and two in the Super Contest. Another winning week overall for the clients. Longhorn, football is off and rolling, and so is FGH, baby. Yeah, it's, 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 I love football. I don't, know, I don't know if that is obvious to everybody that's listening, but I love football. I love football, man. That's what I'm to say. That's yeah. what I, I love football. I don't know where my kicker is. He's back there by the net, but I love football. Yeah, where's Antonio? Bro? All right. And we're going to move on to the bad. And the bad this week, as we always tell ourselves, was Texas. We had them minus the seven against Arkansas. Longhorn, I fully blame this on you. <laughs> uh, clearly, this is your stupid school. They went out there and got their ass beats. No, not really. It's my fault. But in all seriousness... Texas is a football program. Better step it the fuck up when they come to the SEC because Arkansas is about as easy as it gets in the SEC West. And they got their fucking doors blown uh, with no freak accident. No, no, they just lined up and got hit in the fucking mouth. That was a super, super bad pick uh, by us and super disappointment for sure. Yeah, that was alarming the way like the way they lost that game. They got big boyed. Uh, you know, <laughs> I know it's going to be at least a year, maybe two, before they actually come to the SEC. But they they better get their big boy panties and, and, and nut up because if they get pushed around by Arkansas, they're going to get pushed around by probably everybody besides Vanderbilt in that conference. Yeah, pretty much. And moving on to the are you fucking kidding me? And this week, that award goes to the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. Now, in full disclosure... We took San Francisco minus seven and a half in the Super Contest, and we won. Yeah. We did not give out that pick to our clients at minus nine and a half, and thank God we didn't, because this is easily already the bad beat of the year in the NFL. To reset the game for any of you that were living under a rock, San Francisco was up 41 to 17 at the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter. Mm. Detroit had 285 yards total on offense the entire game versus 400 for San Francisco. And all of a sudden, Detroit explodes for 145 yards, two touchdowns, and two two-point conversions in two minutes! Yeah. yeah. And they lost by eight to cost every San Francisco better that did not get it at seven and a half their money. Holy 
Balls. What a tough fucking beat that must have been for anybody holding those tickets. Yeah, that was a real kick in the nuts. And just to clarify what you said earlier, you know, the Super Contest lines, those are stale lines. So once they drop them out on Wednesday, you know, afternoon, Wednesday evening, whenever it comes out, they stay the same all week. So, uh, again, yeah, great call by us to not put that in with the clients. We really liked it. But, you know, as it started climbing up in the week, it lost its value. We pulled the plug, replaced it with, I think, was it Carolina we replaced that one with and, and got the win uh, on the other yeah. side. So, so great call by us, but what a kick in the nuts if you had anything besides the seven and a half. Jesus. right now what's happening over here excuse me what is happening here what is happening what the fuck just happened oh you know what's happening it's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight baby Longhorn, it's time for everybody's favorite segment. It's time to go over every game in the NFL this weekend, and we are going to start with those Carolina Panthers that won us all that good money last week by covering those four points against those stupid Jets. And they're at home, and they're dogs. Now, consensus, three and a half points to famous Jameis and the New Orleans high-flying, all of a sudden, Saints. Yeah, and I will save the kind of theme of the week um, that I'm going to go over until you, for when you actually get to a game that it falls under. So this one is a game. It's one of the few games I just really want to stay away from for several reasons. Number one, there's a there's a uh, China virus outbreak going on with the Saints and the coaching staff. I haven't heard that it's trickled down to the players uh, as of recording yet, but you know how these things go. It could happen, you know, just like that at any point. It, there could be an announcement that, that a player is out. So with that said, I'm this is a stay away game for me. Um, you know, despite New Orleans' domination on the scoreboard last week, they only had a 5.4 yards per play last week against Green Bay. And they did come away uh, in that game with several key injuries. Their center, Eric McCoy, went down. They lost Davenport. And uh, I didn't write it down, but I think there was one more key player on defense that they lost. Um, so everything's pointing to me to stay away Um you know, I mean, I'm just scanning my notes to see if anything's. Uh, oh, here, another thing with Carolina. Look, that was a smash spot for Darnold last week, and we talked about in the podcast last week that the Jets just did not have the type of team that could take advantage of the Carolina weakness, which is the offensive line, and they have a weak secondary, probably the weakest secondary Darnold will face all year long. And he didn't smash. It was his best smash spot he's going to find all year. And they put up 19 fucking points. And he had a PFF grade of 70. So that that win for Darnold and that win for Carolina put more questions mark on me for them going forward, especially with the quarterback. Um, you know, I just I just don't trust Darnold at all. So even if there wasn't 
the the COVID situation with the Saints. This would still be a stay away game. All wrapped together. I can't touch this game either way. What do you, what the computers got? Yeah, the computers are split on this one, and I'm split on it as well. I I actually was not uh, as impressed by New Orleans. A lot of people were, uh, just because, like you said, their yards were played not very good, and that's what's holding them back in the numbers. Uh, but they were efficient, right? Jameis threw for like 160 yards and like five touchdowns. You don't get more any more fucking efficient than that. So if they can score at that clip, you know, with that few yards, they're going to be the greatest team ever and go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. So that's just how that works. Uh, But I don't think that you can do that every Sunday. So, yeah, again, both teams very, very much underwhelm me. Like you said, the Carolina, and and they they won the game handily. It took, you know, it was another bad beat if you had, if you were in the Super Contest and you took, you know, uh, Carolina minus the five. You end up getting a push on that from a, a garbage touchdown and two-point conversion. So, tough, tough uh, push for you there. That was another good call by us. We did not put them in the Super Contest, even though we loved the, the game, because it was down to four, and we didn't feel that that number, that five number, was worth putting in there. And thank goodness we didn't, right? That would have cost us a fucking win. It would have gave us a push. So another another good lesson here, boys and girls. If you don't get the best of the number, it's okay to pass. You might end up being right on your you know your prediction or your feeling. But man, in the NFL, every point matters so fucking much. We talk about key numbers all the time, but almost every fucking number in the NFL you can consider a key number because every point matters so very much, especially with the two point conversion, especially the way these teams come back, especially by the way that these NFL teams do not play for margin whatsoever uh, unless you're baltimore they're about the only team that fucking does other than that the rest of them don't fucking care they just want to win i i can't see carolina going 2-0 i hope they don't because we got a pretty good sizable under bet on them so i really don't want them to win this football game right uh but you know famous Jameis is you know he's famous for fucking falling in his fucking face uh kind of like he did in that post-game interview when he said he remembered something his trainer thought it was so key to him and then he couldn't remember what he said that was fucking amazing and James always gives us something amazing. We'll see if he does it on the field again on Sunday. All right, Longhorn, we're going to move on to Cleveland with your Browns. Your 0-1 shitty Browns. <laughs> uh, they're 12.5-point favorites against Houston. First time ever in history. Cleveland's been 12.5-point favorites over anybody that wasn't an NCAA program. I don't have any stats to back that up. I'm just talking shit, but... They are hosting the Texans. They're 12.5-point home favorites. Yeah, this is a gross game to have to pick. Um, I, you know, I, I do like the spot for the Browns coming off a tough you know, a tough loss on the road and getting to play uh, at home against maybe the worst team in the league. But to cover this huge number, that just feels like a trap to me. And, you know, it, are, is Cleveland going to come out sluggish from last week, kind of let down and, and, and you know, sleepwalking a little bit and they know they can sleepwalk their way to a win against Houston in an ugly game like you know 27 to 17 type type game or are they going to come out and just lay the hammer and and have a good time and and run it up on a team like Houston like they should uh you know you know me when I'm in doubt in situations like this I always just take the points so I do have a lean to Houston here um you know I went back and 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 looked at last year's week two and, and just check to kind of see what Jacksonville did last year in week two after that week one upset that they had at home against Indy, which we had. Um, and they actually went out on the road the next week 
and fought hard and ended up losing by three at Tennessee and getting the backdoor cover there. So, you know, that that's that's not exactly analogous, you know, 100%. But, you know, I just I thought it was a good look back and see, like, kind of what a what a bad team does on a surprise cover like that. So it's a hold your nose type bet, you know, just, just turn it in and, and hope for the best. If you're, if you're so inclined, it's Houston or nothing for me. It is the Tyrod revenge versus Baker game. Let's not, let's not forget that, you know, Baker kind of took his, <laughs> kind of took his spot. So maybe he's got motivation to stick it to Baker. It's honestly, the mismatch is tremendous in this game. Cleveland should cover, but in spots like this, it's either the huge dog or nothing for me. What do you got? Yeah, I am totally with you on this. Uh, and the great minds think a lot as far as the research is, you know, looking at Houston, probably going to end up being the worst team in the NFL, just like Jackson was last year. Yes, Jacksonville did go cover in week two, and then they did not cover another game for six weeks. <laughs> so if Houston does cover this game, look to fade those Texans hard because the public is going to be all over those Texans and trying to get them, you know, kind of pumped up and, uh, whatever you want to say, they're, they're going to be over them just like they were at Houston. You know, Tyrod does give you some of that hope that, you know, the runaround guy that, you know, makes some stuff happen kind of like he did last week. But uh, there's no way I could do the Cleveland thing. And I heard something pretty alarming today about your boy Baker. So in his last 12 games, I think stretching back to week eight or nine, something like that last year, uh, he's seven and five straight up and he's thrown 15 touchdowns in 12 games. So they're not an explosive offense. They're not an offense that blows people out. They're grinded out. they got a great offensive line. They run the ball. Baker makes plays here and there. He's not special. He's never been special. He's not going to be special. So a non-special quarterback to cover basically two touchdowns, there's no way I can lay my money down on Cleveland here. I'm with you. It's either Houston or pass for me as well. All right. All right, moving on, those Chicago Bears. They got the fuck beat out of them in week one, but they're at home. They're looking to get healthy, and they're playing those Cincinnati Fighting Burrows, and they're two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Finally, we get to a game where I get to actually use the theme of the week, and there's I mean, there's a lot of games like this, so, it, so it, get used to this. Uh, you got a team coming off a bad loss and a team coming off a big win. It's a perfect, it's the perfect week two overreaction spot. Um, you know, I I already know. I can I can hear the seekers right now out there moaning and groaning, saying, "I don't want to take Chicago. They suck. <laughs> Andy Dalton sucks. Cincinnati looked pretty good last week." I I I get it. I get it. That's that's exactly why I'm on Chicago here, and it just happens to be one of my favorite plays of the week. Um, you know, Minnesota had 12 penalties in the first half last week against Cincinnati, and that helped to propel them to get the lead and eventually the win in overtime. That's not going to happen again. This line was three to three and a half in the look-aheads, and now it's now it's only minus two, minus two and a half. Yeah, give me some of those bears. Give me some of them to you know to get right uh, uh, in week two. So, yeah, I've got a huge lean to Chicago in this game. I'm hoping the computers agree with me. They do, sir. They do. And talk about themes of the week. So, I've uncovered... A trend, and it's going to come up in seven seven different uh, scenarios or seven different matchups this week. Yeah, and the trend is this: since 2014, there have been what is it, 49 teams 
in week one that lose by double digits. So pretty good sample size there. In week two, those 49 teams cover 60.4% against the spread. And 47% of those teams win straight up. Yeah. Now, for this week, Chicago is definitely one of those seven teams, obviously. Now, if you look at the biggest line moves uh, from the look ahead, you know, we like to look ahead, the right before training camp looks, because those are some of the most honest lines that you're going to see. Because all you have, you know, after that, all the roster setting is done. Unless it's a major injury to the quarterback, it's just preseason games and how, you know, teams get favored or not favored uh, since then. There's going to be the Chicago's not one of those huge line moves uh, that I'm going to highlight, but they are one of the seven teams that falls into this uh, discussion. And so if you think about 60.4% historically, there's seven teams. That means that you should be able to bet all seven of these teams of blonde and go four and three, and that's at 57%, so it's a little bit under historically where you should be at, right? And you should be able to bet three of these seven to win straight up uh, however you want to do it, and you should win your money. Now, you got to pick the right ones. That's key, but on average, you should be able to bet them across the board against the spread and win yourself money, and Chicago is definitely one of those. And you'll see as we kind of go along, we highlight some of these line movements of why this trend is so successful it's not just one of those bullshit trends coincidental trends nothing like that there is definitely underlying data that correlates to why uh this trend holds so true and it has been so true uh, now for going on six years going into its seventh year in 49 games but that is a hell of a sample size in the nfl yeah i like it all right move Moving on. Those Pittsburgh won us money last week. Steal us. They're yeah. now consensus six-point home favorites versus our Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, um, this this doesn't fall into that category, but I really like this game. This is a short week for Vegas. And, you know, <laughs> by the way, if you watch that game Monday night, holy shit, was that a comedy shit show for the ages um that, <laughs> they actually celebrated the victory twice like like they celebrated didn't win had to come back and then celebrate again finally when they did get the win it's really one of the oldest handicaps they lost their kicker in between there oh the kicker like he got, disappeared yeah yeah that's that's vegas for you that's he was he was already at the strip bar he was already handing out he was already <laughs> handing out 20 dollar lap dances uh so, look, this is one of the oldest handicapping tricks in the book. It's to fade teams coming off a primetime win, and there is no bigger primetime win than what they did, winning it twice, fucking it away twice, you know, and coming away with a W. So this is a big-time fade spot for me on Vegas. Jacobs looks banged up and doesn't have any explosiveness. So even if he plays, which he probably will, he toughs it out, but he's got no explosiveness. He's not going to take one to the house or anything. Waller is an absolute beast at tight end for Vegas, but the linebacker and safety combinations of Pittsburgh, along with Carr being, un- he's going to be under endless pressure from that pass rush. This all just points to an easy cover and win for me for Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, it won't be high scoring. You know, it's Pittsburgh has their look. Big Ben was thirty-two out of thirty-two on PFF and quarterback, so he he can go nowhere but up. Mm. So you know, and and it, this is a good spot for him to get a little healthy here bump that up a little bit against this poor Vegas secondary and defense altogether, really. So, yeah, everything points to Pittsburgh here. I love the number uh, at six or lower. 
you know, I, I start having some pause if it gets to that six and a half, seven range. But I love this one. I love this one, both Stevens. What do the computers say? Uh, let's see. Well, if you lean my buddy's way, you can give it a five and a half at FanDuel. I say that's the lowest they can see it. Uh, what do the computers say on this game? Uh, there's splits on this game. So, mm. split on this game, which is understandable. Uh, you know, both teams did win. Pittsburgh was, you know, I mean, they both were kind of unimpressive. Uh, Pittsburgh was really, really, like, the thing holding Pittsburgh back is their offense is so yeah. terrible. Bad. Like, it is so inefficient. They need a punt block for a touchdown. <laughs> Big Ben looks like he is a fucking big fat turkey that is being served on the fucking platter to Cousin Eddie. His fucking legs and innards are fucking dry. Save the neck for me, Clark. Yeah. That fat fuck. He can't play anymore. He can't play anymore. So, and if they can't run the ball, you know, with their, you know, the rookie Najee Harris didn't have a great game, his first game out. If they can't run the ball, man, Pittsburgh only has one way to win a football game. Now, they could win this football game that way because with the pressure on Carr, historically he's not good against it. Like you said, short week on the road. Everything does point to Pittsburgh. But my God, they are so bad on offense, and offense rules the world in modern football. And if they can't get more efficient or run the ball better, oh, Lordy. I might have been wrong. I had Pittsburgh going 9-8. and eight. I mean, I feel, you know, still I still feel pretty good about it, especially they will, I didn't have them winning the game in Pittsburgh. Or, I mean, in Buffalo, we obviously did have them covering. It was one of our wins last week. But, man, it took a lot for them to win that game, and it did not come from the offense. So, whew, this is there, a... There's this not is gonna, a stinker, hold your nose game for me. There's not going to be any of that zero coverage bullshit touchdowns that that Baltimore was running last week. Like they're going to no. rush, they're going to rush four, and there's going to be a lot of people back in coverage. So, uh, good luck, Carr. Yeah, yeah. It's just can can Ben Roethlisberger, you know, score enough to cover that six points? That's going to be the big question. Right. All right, moving on to my hammer and those Dolphins mm-hmm. went in to beat those goddamn Patriots. Last week, uh, I did like Miami last week. It uh, was not one of our picks. The numbers were split. We were split. But, you know, it was a good game. It was a coin flip. Could have went either way. This week, they're at home. They're hosting those aforementioned Buffalo Bills, and they're three-and-a-half-point home dogs. All right. In this game, we have Buffalo in a serious need of a win here after that lackluster performance last week. And on the flip side, we've got Miami, who's kind of riding high after that win last week, but that could have gone either way. And that was an ugly, disgusting game against New England. So all, you know, without digging in, that immediately would point me to a Buffalo lean here. But, you know, Miami is built a lot like Pittsburgh to me, and I just can't with them. So great defense for Miami, great secondary, limited quarterback, but decent weapons around him. The key difference to me between Miami and Pittsburgh is Miami has the much better offensive line. So in this game, I just I just really think that Miami's going to be able to control the game more than Pittsburgh was able to because they because of their shitty offensive line. Um, so, you know, you're getting three and a half at home. I'm, I'm curious to hear what the, the computer Getting three and a half at home is points me to a strong, strong lean towards them. Our boy Joshy. Look, he was 19th in PFF quarterback last week, and he looked more like the Josh Allen from his first three three years in the league than he did last year, Josh Allen, which he was one of the best. So if he doesn't get that turned around, this is a big week for him. He's got to get it turned around right here, right now, 
because that narrative is going to start to build again if he does it two weeks in a row. We got 90% of the tickets coming in on Buffalo, so that will point me always straight to the other side. As a matter of fact, I'm going to hit that sounder here, Bo Stevens. I'm going to take Miami to win this game at home with the, with the three and a half. You know, take the three and a half. I don't think you're going to need them. I think Miami shocks the world here and sends Buffalo into a 0 and 2 start. Woo, that's a big call right there. Yeah. Uh, our power rankings do agree with you on Miami. Numbers are split overall. However, the numbers are contrarian this time of year uh, for sure. I like your handicap a lot. Uh, the only drawback I have on that is, you know, both quarterbacks were really bad. Um, I mean, Tua wasn't great at all. I mean, Josh Allen obviously wasn't great at all. But our boy, Coach Flores, went up there and beat his – uh, his uh, mentor and Bill Belichick with a great game plan, a little bit of luck, and they want a coin flip. Hmm. Uh, I don't think New England is a very good football team. Miami, I think, is a above-average football team. I think Buffalo is better than both of them. Obviously, I think both of us have that going into the season, and that's kind of where I'm at with this game. I like the three and a half points. I don't know if I can go with you in the sounder simply because. We've been doing this long enough to know when you get a team that's actually a good football team and they know they got to have a victory, it's hard to keep them out of the win column now. Again, like you said, if Josh Allen doesn't pick up his game, it's going to be tough for them because Buffalo still, and that was my big, big caveat going into the season. If he's going to be their leading rusher, they are not going to be as good as I think that they are. They're not going to the Super Bowl. They're not going to be the Chiefs. They're not going to, you know... They might not even get to the AFC Championship game if they're going to run the same game plan. Because just like we say with Lamar Jackson, your quarterback can't be your leading rusher. It holds the same. I don't care how good Josh Allen's you know arm talent is. If he's going to be your leading rusher, then that is not a sustainable offense to get through an NFL season, 18 weeks, 17 mm. games now, and the playoffs. Only one team gets a bye, and if they don't get it, they're playing all those games, and he's going to take all those hits. And I know he's huge, but guess what? Cam Newton is fucking huge. And that dude was done at 31 years old, taking those kind of fucking shots and taking that kind of abuse. So, man, they've got to find an answer for a running game. If they can find that, I think that they probably easily win this game. But, you know, Flores is so good. I, I like your handicap, and I like your lean there to the three and a half. Yep. All right, moving on. We're going to go to, if my computer will cooperate with me, we're going to go to Indianapolis, where those Colts are hosting the L.A. I just fucking kicked the shit out of Mike Dick and all the Bears, Rams, and they're three-and-a-half-point home dogs. <laughs> yeah, and here we go, baby. This is another sweet spot of overreaction week two. Um, so, look, it's a this is a no-brainer take-the-Colts game to me, and I know... I can hear it like same same as last one. I can hear it. Everybody's like, no, oh, don't take the Colts. They suck. Wentz sucks. All that stuff. But, you know, I, I know that L.A. is really good. I know that Indy probably isn't very good. But as a pro handicapper, this is just what you have to do to make smart, long-term winning plays. It's ugly. It's hard. You'll hate yourself for turning in that ticket. But guess what? That's the way you have to do it. Um, now, I don't necessarily think that I'll – this will be a game that I want to put in on like a super contest pick or necessarily one that we want to put out to the clients. We'll talk about that going forward. But that is the that's the right initial way to look at this game um, for me. Now, look, every 
every uh, <laughs> every Willie at the water cooler, every Billy at the bar, every Timmy at the truck stop, they'll all be telling you, you know, take the take the Rams. Indy sucks. So we don't make a living rolling with Willie, Billy, and Timmy. So <laughs> it's Indy or nothing for me. And <laughs> and that and that's just the way. That's just the way. I I don't have any like. I, I can't tell you anything in depth that's going to like convince you. It's just simple numbers play to me and, and week two overreaction. And, that, and that's the way I'll be leaning. Well, I think you know all about uh, rolling with Billy's at the truck stops there, buddy. If we want to break the curtain a little bit, but we'll move on. We'll move on. So this is one of those games that Indy is one of those seven teams that I mentioned earlier. And this is one of those lines of why this trend holds true. And you're about to see why. This line was Indy minus one and a half on the look ahead. It is now there are four point home dogs. That is a five and a half point line movement. That oh is God. insane. That was over one game of actually it was four and a half. Now it's three and a half, so still four and a half points worth of movement. One game. One game. Yep. So this is why those week two teams cover at a sixty percent clip because the market moves so fucking much it's ridiculous i think this is insane that indy's getting these points i love ending this situation no i don't love carson wentz but they've got a great roster they've got a good head coach and the rams you know yes they look good but they had two plays of over 50 yards in one game they've had two plays of over 50 yards in the last two years so is that going to continue happening with stafford maybe Maybe that's the reason why, you know, Sean McVay's so in love with them because they can do that every fucking Sunday. And if they do, kudos to them. They're going to go to the fucking Super Bowl. That's just how that's going to go because their defense is good enough to get them there. And if they can put up those kind of explosive plays on offense, they'll be like the fucking 99 Rams. They're just going to fucking go up and down the field against everybody and everybody just go fuck themselves. But I, it is too early to say that. I think Indy is a good football team. I still think Indy's going to, you know, be around that 500 to 9 win mark, somewhere around in there. And they're too good to be given three and a half points at home. I'm with you. Computers are with you. We're all, all with right. you, baby. Let's fucking go, yeah. Indy. All right, moving on to those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. Somehow they fucking, <laughs> I say, get a win. They beat the shit out of Atlanta. All right, let's just, let's call it what it is. They beat the shit out of Atlanta. But they're three-point home dogs, goddammit, to those San Francisco 49ers this week. Yeah, and just prepare yourself. This is going to be one where I know we're going to disagree because I am actually on Philadelphia here. Uh, I do realize that San Francisco stayed out east after last week's game versus Detroit. And, uh, you know, they, they've done this two years in a row. They did it in 2019, stayed out on the East Coast and uh, beat Cincinnati. And last year they went back-to-back against the New York teams and beat the G-Men in the second game. So this is something they do, and I recognize that. However, we talked about the weakness for San Francisco, or I did, in the preseason being their secondary. And they lost Jason Verrett last week in week one, and that's going to be – it was already a trouble, troublesome spot, and losing Verrett is going to hurt them big time. Uh, obviously, the O-line, D-line advantage that San Francisco is going to have in this game and in most games is tremendous. But if you really look at it, in this game – I don't know that it's that big of an advantage because surprisingly, and maybe this is where, you know, it's week one, so I don't want to overreact, but going forward, if if I and a lot of people are wrong about Philly, it's going to be because we didn't look at that offensive and defensive line hard enough because last week in the trenches, they were dominant on both sides of the ball. 
Um, you know, again, I don't want to go crazy with that, but it it was impressive in the trenches. I'm not, and you know, Hertz did did he wasn't great. I know I know they 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 played great. They got the big win. He didn't play particularly great. His his ADT his average depth target was not great. You know, so if I was looking at it from that angle, I'd be like, okay, that's kind of square. I'm looking at it from the trenches angle, and they completely dominated. They they only rushed four. They dropped back everybody, and they got tremendous pressure on Matt Ryan all day long. I am going to lean to Philly at home catching the three. Uh, I, I've seen it at three and a hook. I don't, I don't remember if you said three or three and a half. I've seen it with three and a half. So shop around, get that best number. Um, I know it goes against the week one fade theory that I have because, you know, I sh- in, in theory, I should be fading that week one Philly performance here. But something doesn't feel right with San Francisco to me. Um, I know that was trash time, garbage time, what, what happened with Detroit last week. But uh, it just – that shouldn't happen. That, that, that just shouldn't happen. I might – I might regret this big time next week and have to eat all of this, but right now, I'm leaning Philly with those points at home, um, and, and and we'll just see what happens. You know, you can yeah, everybody can tell me how stupid I am this week, but I'm, I'm taking Philly in those points. Yeah, uh, here's where I'm at with this game. Philadelphia, obviously, they beat the shit out of Atlanta. Well, we've got Atlanta as one of our best bets going under. Obviously, Philly, one of our best going going under. Mm-hmm. One of those two shitty teams was going to win that game. <laughs> now, because of the way Philly did win it. It looks more impressive, but I'm opposite of you on the end of the San Francisco game. I think that that gives Shanahan more coaching fuel to say, hey, you dickheads, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just go out there and roll your helmets on the field and expect to win a football game. We almost fucking lost. I mean, Debo Samuel had one of his best games he ever had, but guess what? At the end of the game, you just, he didn't even get touched. He just dropped the fucking ball and gave it right back mm-hmm. to Detroit on, you know, a great ball that Garoppolo threw to seal the game, and the game was over. You just go down, the game's over. It's a minute left. Game over. No, you give them back the ball, and their defense had to bail them out yet again, but that defense is legit. I know that maybe hurting the secondary, but their defensive line, linebackers, I mean, it's so tough. It's so tough to move the ball yeah. on that team with any kind of consistency. And Jalen Hurts, I mean, until he proves me wrong, he's not an NFL quarterback. There, there's no way I can go anyway, but San Francisco here. It's probably a passive of me, but it's not really one of those week one, you know, you said, you know, phase because both teams won the game pretty handily. I mean, I was San Francisco, whatever at the end, but that's more for sports betting purposes. In all reality, their winning percentage, their, their percentage to win the game was no less than 90, 95% in the entire fourth quarter. So they had a 5% chance to lose in the entire fourth quarter. That they, I know in real time or whatever, but in reality, what the numbers look like, they were never in doubt in that game, and neither was Philadelphia. They dominated. It's two teams that dominated. One team's going to be really good, uh, and we both agree with that. They're going to win double-digit games. Philadelphia is not going to be a good football team. I got to go San Francisco here. Yeah, it's. I, I knew this is disagreement. This is kind of like a just put your balls on a table type type pick for me. So we'll see. What it'll be fun again to watch. All right, moving on. Those Jacksonville Jaguars. They did exactly what we said they were going to fucking do. They are who we thought they were <laughs> week one. And they got their asses kicked by Houston. Probably Houston's only one of the year. We fucking called it right here on FGH. You hit the fucking sounder. My buddy hit the fucking sounder on a team that's probably going to go 1-16. Just remember that right now. You got their only win on a fucking sounder Maybe. week one. And don't you ever, don't you ever fucking forget it. 
But this Maybe week, so. Jacksonville's hosting Denver Broncos, who fucked us royally last week, uh, and they're six-point home dogs. Yeah, again, classic overreaction in Week 2 game. 70% of the tickets and money on Denver, which is screaming to me to take Jacksonville. We got back-to-back road games for Denver to start the season. Um, it, now, I will say, look, bottom line, Goldilocks is going to have to protect the football in, in this game. He can't be throwing three picks to a shitty defense like Houston. If he turns it around, he doesn't turn. if he doesn't turn it over, don't be surprised if Jacksonville has the ball late in the game, late in the fourth quarter, with a chance to win this game. Um, so... You know, I love the six points. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a strong link to Jacksonville here. And real quick before I throw it to you, um, a trend in Jacksonville, uh, for, in Jacksonville's favor, I should say, teams that lose week one as a road favorite, which Jacksonville did, and are home dogs in week two, which Jacksonville is, 60% ATS in week two, and that goes back all the way to 2005. So I can only go Jacksonville here. I love it at, at that six points. Hopefully it'll creep up a little more. Yeah, 100% with you on this. This is another of those games, the one of the seven Jacksonville falls into, and the line movement. The line movement. Denver was minus one, one and a half points. Now they're six. Four and a half points off one fucking game. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Giants suck. The Giants were one of our best bets for the under. Also in the preseason, uh, Jacksonville is too. And guess what? Denver was one of those borderline teams. Denver might go win this game. They might. They're not covering fucking six points. It's the fucking Jags. The numbers <laughs> say it. You say it. I say it. Go fucking Jacksonville. Yeah. All right. Moving on to those New York J-E-T-S. Yes! 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 And they did just shitty enough to win us some money last week. And uh, they're hosting... <laughs> The New England Patriots, and they are also six-point home dogs. Yeah, and uh, yeah, both teams. This is the uh, this is the the first of twenty twenty one. Hello, corner TV game. (laughs) First one to ten wins this game. Nobody wants to watch this shit. I don't want to watch it. You don't want to watch it. Uh, You know, right? Say say again what the what the lines at both teams. I'm sorry. Six points. Oh, okay. So that so I had it at five and a half on here, which was dead man's land. If it's at six, uh, that makes it uh Ooh, that makes it tough. I'm gonna lean to the Jets at six. Anything six and higher, I've got to lean to the Jets. I feel disgusting about it though, and don't have any good information to give you to give you on it. Um, other than that, New England wants to run the ball. They want to establish the run, and the Jets are still really good against the run. That's one of the few things they do well. Um, on the flip side. Just Bill Belichick kills rookie quarterbacks. So, you know, would it, would it shock me at all if if rookie Wilson is seeing ghosts during this game? Um, not at all. So I, it's a pass for me with a, with a slight lean to the Jets. Um, Belichick just does not lose to rookie quarterbacks. So I do like New England in teaser-type scenarios, moneyline-type scenarios and situations. So... Other than that, I probably won't watch a whole lot. It'll probably be like a 17-13 to 13 type game, and yeah, no thanks. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on this. Uh, you know, the numbers lean to the Jets, and again, yeah, Bill Belichick versus rookie quarterback, but that's always with Tom Brady as right. his quarterback. So, And he's got a rookie quarterback himself in mac and cheese, but 
Mac and cheese was about average last week. If you look at CPA, or CPOE plus EPA, uh, Zach yeah. Wilson was dead ass last. He was the worst quarterback in the NFL. Mm. He looked as bad as his mom looks good in a bikini. <laughs> so, on that, Cougar. I can only say that the Jets, yeah, that's one of those Cougars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets plus the six is tasty, but... I don't see any way, and I don't think New England's going to be a good football team or win a lot of games, but I think they're going to win this game. If they lose this game, if Belichick loses this game with Mac and Cheese against these Jets and their rookie quarterback, ooh, things are going to get fucking nasty in New England. But I think they win the game. Cover, I don't think so. Had to lean Jets on that, but not. I don't have a whole lot of interest in this game, to be honest with you. Yeah, they'll, they'll be on to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. All right, we're on to Arizona and the fighting circus midgets. Man, they took the whole fucking circus to town in Tennessee <laughs> and stomped a mud hole. And this week, they Oof. are in. Or they're at a home hosting those fighting cousins, and they're three-and-a-half-point home favorites, baby. Man, he was doing the circus midget shuffle out there like I have never seen. He was <laughs> good lord. And, and fucking Chandler Jones was doing the, the fucking defensive end shuffle out there. Five sacks in one game. What the fuck is that? Mm. Uh, but but with this game, again, it's a pros versus Joes. It's an overreaction week two sweet spot. Um, I wish I had some great words of wisdom to tell you why to take Minnesota here. I don't. Uh, I don't have anything to convince you on this other than to say every swinging dick in the bar is going to be on Arizona. So I'll be on Minnesota. That's, that's about the best I can do for you. Not, it's not a game I want to put in the super contest necessarily. It's not a game that you might see with our clients. I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk and and dig into that a little bit more, but uh, I can only, it's Minnesota or nothing for me, honestly, both of us. I'm pretty sure that the computers disagree with me. So go ahead. Nope, they're with you. Uh, but to play a little devil's advocate, the thing that I will be uh, against you on is what time is this game? Oh no, is it is it three? Oh no, is right. It is a three oh five kickoff. Oh cousins with the three oh five kickoff. Yikes is right. Yeah. Now, all logic point with you. Numbers point with you. I don't have anything to argue with you against except the fact that Kirk Cousins sucks nuts at any game that's not kicked off at noon. But you know what? He lost last week at noon to one of the worst teams in the NFL. That ain't great either. So yeah, It's changing. Yeah, it's got to be Minnesota or pass for me. We'll see what happens. Yep. All right, moving on to Toby Boy. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they're hosting those shitty Falcons. And in week two, Consensus right now, 12 and a half. You can get it at 13 if you want to lay 13. Tampa Bay home favorites. Yeah. Here we go, babe. We're knocking them out now. This this is this is what I wanted to get into. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Of course I'm taking those points in the Falcons. This is this is like the sweet spot of just dis- <laughs> hitting the sounder? Hitting the sounder? No, nah, no sounder. You, you can go ahead and you can go ahead and put that button up for a little bit. We're not gonna need that. Uh but embarrassing week one performance for Atlanta and Tampa Bay, obviously, you know what? Actually they had some serious issues in their secondary against Dallas. Um, you know, I'm not going to dig in too much on this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make this a long winded one, but, uh, I will say this Philly blitzed the second least amount of any team in the league last week versus Atlanta and Tampa Bay 
and their defensive scheme blitzes more than anybody else in the league. Now, you would think that would be bad, extra bad news for Atlanta, but to me, it's it's it, it's actually a potential good sign for Atlanta because that's going to open up opportunities. It's going to open up passing lanes, the screen pass game for those Atlanta weapons to get loose. You know, <laughs> they looked so bad last week, but I hope that Tampa blitzes the fuck out of Atlanta like they did against Dallas, and it opens up those one-on-one situations for Calvin Ridley, uh, Pitts, you know, some of their weapons, the screen game uh, options. So, it could go ugly. I, this could be a 38-10 to 10 type game. Of course. Of course it could. That's why they're fucking two touchdown almost underdogs. But you know me. I'm taking the points. I think it's going to be a division type game. Just just win and, and get out of there. Not necessarily you know, try to get margin against, against a team they know they're better than. The pro side is Atlanta. That's where I'll be. I'll take that huge number and uh, cross my fingers and hold my nose. Hold your nose is right. Yeah, I think the only way to play this is Atlanta. This is another one of those games that huge movement. It was nine and a half minus not now. It's minus thirteen to twelve and a half. <laughs> so you're talking about four to four and a half points worth of movement. Mm-hmm. This is all downgrade on Atlanta's part. And again, yes, they lost to what we both believe to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they lost very badly in their home opener. And Tampa Bay, you know. They scraped out a win against Dallas at home. But to play a little bit of devil's advocate, Tampa Bay lost a game last week in a historical fashion. They're the first team in the history of the NFL to have minus three turnover differential, have 100 yards worth of penalties, and give up over 400 yards on defense and still win the game. Now, they caught some breaks against Dallas. You know, the offensive P.I. call that probably should have been called. Some chippy field goals missed, this and that. But, of course, they caught breaks. You have to catch breaks to win a game historically that nobody's ever fucking won. That's why it's history. If they didn't catch the breaks, it would just be another fucking game. It wouldn't be fucking history. But you have to be good enough to be in position to win a game in which everything goes against you like that. That's, I think, the sharper side of it that nobody's really talking about. They're only talking about... The P.I., you know, the obvious shit that people, oh, look at the P.I. call. Oh, look at this fucking field goal. Dallas should have won. Dallas could have won. And that is absolutely true. Dallas could have won. You maybe could say should have won. But they didn't win. And Tampa Bay was only there to take advantage of because they are such a good fucking football team. But this is the NFL. This is a division game. And those 13 points hanging out there with that backdoor possibility and Matt Ryan, you know, he's got to get some kind of fucking healthy. He was so fucking bad. In week one, I mean, the the dude is just he's he's going so far down so quickly over the last couple of years. But I it's you you gotta fucking you gotta fucking take those points. There's no way you can fucking lay them. I mean, you can you can be a fucking you know chalk eating motherfucker and lay the points, and that's fine. And you might win, and you might tell us you look at you dumbasses taking Atlanta. Fucking Atlanta sucks. Tom Brady's the goat. Tell us something else we don't know, sir. Tell us something else. Did you break any more fucking news to us? Is what I'll tell you if you fucking come at me with that shit. But anyway, yeah, Atlanta is going to be the pro side. It is going to be nasty. It's just one of those games in the NFL season. You just got to fucking take it. Yeah, it's just Jalen Mayfield. I just want to throw this in real quick. Jalen Mayfield, a uh, second or sorry, rookie offensive tackle out of Michigan. Bo Sivas, he had. A PFF grade last week, a pass, just pure pass 
blocking PFF grade of 1 out of 100. Is that good? Is it, is it good to get a 1? 1's one? the best, right? Like, if you're number 1, nah, that means he's number 1? It, it's, it's reverse. 1 would be the worst. So, yeah. Oh, I, man. Not good, yeah, he, Not good. He can only go up. So, I mean, I feel like I feel like you can go up from there. So, if he can just get to like a, I don't know, a 50? Get a, can we get a 50? 50? Maybe. I mean, I'd take a two. Yeah, that's 100%. That's 100% improvement. If you get you get a two, that's 100% improvement. Love it. I mean, my goodness. All right, moving on, those Seattle Seahawks. They are six-point home favorites versus those Tennessee. Woo, we got... Shit kicked out of his Titans. Yep. Now we're knocking them out, baby. We're knocking them out. It's a simple handicap for me here, Bo Sivas. Lines right up with the theme of the week. Seattle coming off a big road win. Tennessee coming off an embarrassing bad home loss. Public is all over Seattle, so I'll be on Tennessee, of course. Uh, no need to dig too deep on this one. The value of the line um, versus what it would have been. Like... Uh, if, if this game would have been in week one, let's just say, you know, week one, Tennessee at Seattle, you're getting huge value here. Um, a trend that I saw with Seattle is one and four ATS in the last five home openers. So give me that. Give me those Tennessee Titans and those six points and hold your nose and hope for a win. Yeah, I don't think you have to hold your nose on this one. Uh, I love Tennessee in this game. Uh, Seattle talking about what the line would have been. The line was three and a half. Now it's six. Mm. We're talking about two and a half points of movement uh, for one game. Tennessee is a good football team. They're still st- still too high. It's too high. <laughs> They're still going to win that division. Uh, I know they look bad or whatever, but that here here's what gives me the most hope of Tennessee. The part that looked their worst is their best unit. It's their offense. They remember three DVOA last year in offense. Uh, they're going to turn that around. They've got too good a personnel. Tannehill's been too good in that system. Not worried about that. Yes, their defense looks like shit, but guess what? Their defense is shit. That's not surprising. It's nothing new. It's not breaking news. They're not very good, but they're going to go up there to Seattle. They're going to fucking bludgeon them, and this is a much better matchup for them, too, against Seattle. So, love Tennessee. Give me the six points. Give me, give me, fucking give me. All right. All right, moving on to those L.A. Chargers. They broke our hearts last week. They broke a lot of people's hearts. They Mm -hmm. went into Washington. And won a football game. They won a coin flip game, and kudos to them. They played a good football game. Not going to talk shit. We didn't get bad beat. Wasn't unlucky. Just lost a game. It happens. But this week, they're hosting those Dallas Cowboys. And this line is now up to L.A. minus three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So this is is probably my shortest write-up, mainly because I've got no – I I can't play this game anymore. There's there's too much uncertainty. You've got – you've got – Key injuries for Dallas, Demarcus Lawrence, Lyle Collins, I think Michael Gallup, I, th- I believe he's out. It's just way too much uncertainty on that side of the ball. However, if you wanted to take the Chargers, you've lost all the value because now it's up to now it's up to Dallas plus three and a half. Um, so, you know, on a force lean, I would take the three and a half with Dallas, to be honest with you, because they do still have, you know, a, a, a high-powered offense. So it's Dallas or nothing for me, and I want nothing. Bocebus, what do you got? Yeah, I agree with you, but I will take the over 55. This is going to be a fucking barn burner, Damn. and I'm here for it, baby. That's a high uh, number, baby. It is a high number, but, you know, Dallas knows they have no choice. Dallas knows what they got to go do. And here's the other thing, too. Chargers are terrible against the run. Terrible. So, Dak isn't going to have to throw it, you know, 55 times in this game. 
if they game plan right. Zeke's going to get healthy. Zeke's going to run a ball. They're going to get some cheap points off of that. They're going to get some cheap, you know, easy yards out of that. So, I mean, Washington ran the shit out of the ball against the Chargers last week. I like that because that sets up the play action. It minimizes the impact of Gallup. It minimizes the impact of Lyle Collins at right tackle on pass protection. Uh, the Chargers will get pressure. Obviously, they're, you know, great defensive line. Uh, and they are going to score points. Their offense, you know, their receivers are fucking unbelievable. And Dallas' secondary is... I'm not the roster guy, but if they're not the worst fucking secondary in the league, I feel pity for whoever the fuck is because, god damn, they're terrible. <laughs> so I like a lot of points here. Vegas. I, there's no way I could lay three and a half. There's no way I could lay three and a half in Jets. this game. So, yeah, I would go Dallas or pass here. But, yeah, I like the over 55. <laughs> yeah. I just I'd say Jets, Raiders, uh, yeah, Dallas. Yeah, all, all the shitty ones. Yeah, I mean they they got it, and again, I'm not the, you're the roster guy, but oh, they're bad. They're really really bad. Mm, they are. All right, moving on. Those Baltimore Ravens and the Fight Lamar's are consensus <laughs> three and a half point home dogs. Even though I see some fours out there, and Longhorn, I just want to put this out as a note. Most people are not going to realize you're going to start hearing more and more, but you heard it here first. This is the first time in Lamar's career as a starting quarterback that he's a home dog. First time. Holy shit. Hmm. Okay. That I, I before I even start this this handicap, I let me just say I'm you are going to completely disagree. The numbers are probably gonna I, not probably. They will completely disagree with me on this. This is a balls on my table type type handicap. You know, at first glance I was all over Baltimore on this one for, for the reasons you just said. Baltimore at home, getting points, good team, yada yada yada. Of course. Of course I was gonna lean to Baltimore, but uh, we got some injury situations going on in Baltimore. They, you know, Jimmy Smith is out for Baltimore. They already lost Marcus Peters, and we saw what Derek is he Car- in though. I'm sorry. When is Jimmy Smith in? Like I feel like that dude hasn't played since Colorado. Okay, well, fine, but they you can only lose so many players on defense before you're not a good defense anymore. And now you're playing Kansas City. Okay, it's one thing to play Derek Carr, and they're you know. Hand, you know, a couple of good players on offense. You're going against the speed. They're tight end. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, and, and he tore them up. He like he ate them up. So Kelsey's going to eat them yeah, up. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he, uh, Kelsey's going to eat them up. You got all the weapons for Kansas City. Just, I couldn't do it, man. Like I know it goes against my conventional thinking, and it's okay every once in a while. And you know, sometimes the square the, the square side wins, like we say. Uh, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to come off my initial lean to Baltimore here and actually lean back towards Kansas City. And I like them all the way up to, to minus four. I don't want to go higher than that key number of four. But, yeah, this this is not the – this Baltimore team doesn't look and feel like the Baltimore teams that, that we're used to. And it's – let's be fair. It's because of injuries. Like, I mean, you lose all your running backs. You lose, you know – a half of your secondary players, like it, there's reasons that they're not looking the same. So I don't want to be unfair. And their to left them. tackle. Did you mention and that? Le- yeah. So, so look, I'm on Kansas. I'm on Kansas City here. I think they're going to just be too much through the air for this for this beat up team to keep up. And 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 what have we always said? When Baltimore falls behind, they're not the team that <laughs> that plays catch up ball. So if they can't get the lead on this Kansas City team, uh, to me, it's going to get ugly. And I feel like a nice 10-point 10, 10 win here for Kansas City and a pretty easy cover. So uh, go ahead. I know I know everything's going to disagree with me here, but that that's my handicap on this one. What do you got? 
Yeah, of course, the numbers are going to disagree. Uh, everything's going to disagree. Um, mm-hmm. I'm with, I was with you with the Baltimore. Give me the plus three and a half. Give me the four. And I still lean that way, even with all the injuries and everything else. And there's one thing that has me, and it's kind of a revelation I had looking through some numbers this week. Kansas City has now become what the Cowboys used to be. Right? Mm-hmm. They're now the public darling in the betting lines. Okay. And the proof that I have on that, or at least the, the, the proof that I'm working on to prove up this theory, in the last 12 games, Kansas City is 10-2 and two, straight up. So pretty good, right? Pretty good. You're 10-2. and two. They're 2-10 two and 10 against the spread. Yeah. Yeah, I saw so that. So they've won 10 games, and they've covered two. So, and if you look at one of the biggest line moves, this is one of the biggest line moves now. Baltimore is not one of the seven teams, obviously, that I mentioned earlier. But this is one of the biggest line moves. This game was a pickle. And mm-hmm. now it's three and a half moving to four. So you're talking about three and a half to four points again. <clears throat> and I don't understand. I mean, I get the injuries, but this is before, you know, the Stanley injury was mentioned. I think that's what's got it moving to four. He had him moving to three and a half off a law of a crazy loss in Vegas where, you know, they could have won, they could have covered, they could have done anything when Lamar got that ball after the interception in overtime. Yeah, yeah. It all was on the table. And Kansas City again did not cover against Cleveland. And not only did not not only they did not cover against Cleveland, they were losing the majority of the game. Right. Which they tend to do a lot of the times. And yes, <laughs> they can they come do. back? Yeah, because Patrick Mahomes is the fucking Man, he's the goddamn. I've never seen anything like. I've never seen any. He's like Steph Curry, Mm -hmm. but in football. Like at any point, you leave him open, and he'll just fucking drain a seventy-five yard touchdown on you. Like he's fucking throwing Mm -hmm. up a fucking free throw. Like it's nothing. It's insane. But again, can you win football games like this? Yes, obviously they do. They're ten and two in the last two or in the last twelve. But you don't cover spreads like that. Two and ten. And, man, yeah. if they're going to play like that against Baltimore, do they win? Yeah, they probably go win the game. Is Baltimore going on, too? It wouldn't shock me. Uh, in the preseason, I said Baltimore was going to win more games than they lose, but they were gonna, I had them at 10-7. and seven. I had them taking a step back because you just can't progress as a team when your quarterback is regressing and, the, and everybody's catching up to him. Now, kudos to Lamar on how athletic and how special he is. They know what he's going to do. And yet he still breaks off 30, 40, 50-yard runs. I mean, he ran for over 100 fucking yards against Vegas, and they had a shell on him. They played zone. They tried to keep their eyes on him. They tried every fucking thing, and it doesn't matter. You can't tackle the fucking guy. Like, he's just, it's insane how good he is at what he does. But what he does is what he does, and it is very limited. So I do think they're going to take a step back. It would not shock me if they start 0-2. It still won't shock me if they win 10 games after that. They're a grinded out kind of a team. Their schedule will get easier. But, man, Kansas City just does not cover spreads and just feels like they're getting that old-school cow treatment right now. And they're just they're getting upgraded off barely winning a football team or football game. And I get versus Cleveland, who I had won in the division. So, obviously, I think Cleveland's a good team. The numbers say Cleveland's a good team. But, man, they they just keep playing with fire, and they, they're not covering. They're winning, but they're not covering. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I I knew. I mean, I knew I had disagreement, but I actually. I mean, I gotta call it how I see it, you know, and and just and just let the, let the chips fall. All right, we're well, they're gonna fall to the Monday night and final game of the week. Oh man, 
Is this a barn burner? Uh, the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay, I don't give a fuck to play football no more. Packers are 11-point yeah. home favorites. They get beat by 30. They get their 11-point home favorites to Detroit. We will, and I want to point this out. Uh, for all the shit that I've talked about, uh, the kneecap biter up there in Detroit, Mr. Campbell, uh, San Francisco's starting running back did leave the game without his kneecap. So... <laughs> I'm not saying it's something, but I'm not saying it's nothing uh, either. The man seems to be a man of his fucking yeah. word right now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's talk about them fighting lines. That's right. You know, you, you, you mocked it all preseason, and he's starting to bite those kneecaps. I and take, did. Take people out. Like, look, you just chip away. One for one. He's fucking one for one. Look, with the, the game plan clearly is to fall behind 41-17, get your, get, fall down, <laughs> bite Bite kneecaps on the way up and have a chance to win it at the end. That's that was he literally told you that's what he was gonna do. So I don't know why anybody, I don't know why anybody's surprised. I don't have a write up on this, Bo Stevens. This was actually my um, my time to shine with uh, Longhorn was right on the Aaron Rodgers. I don't give a fuck uh, tour in 2021, and uh, it started off with a bang this week. Well, he just that fool threw up a punt interception and walked off the field like fuck all of y'all i don't give a shit i am out of here and look yes he's gonna blow out this detroit team do i want to play it fuck no i don't want to play it i want i don't i want no parts of this clients don't expect to play on this you won't you won't see it it's not gonna it's not coming um however i will say that i will be rooting very hard to see that pouty face baby bitch Aaron Rodgers just hopefully get his kneecaps bit, throw throw a couple more punt <laughs> intercept, throw a couple more punt interceptions, and please pray to the football Jesus that he can start zero and two. Because oh my God, you want to talk about the drama in Green Bay if he's zero and two and loses to Detroit at home? It's not going to happen. But let Longhorn dream a little bit, okay? A man can dream. Now, (laughs) Green Bay is one of the seven teams that I mentioned. Again, and again, historically, four of these seven teams. And now that we're at the end, we'll recap. Atlanta, Tennessee, Indy, Jacksonville, Green Bay, the New York Giants, and the Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. Four of these seven teams are going to cover this weekend. Green Bay is also one of the teams in the big movement. The difference on this one is the movement is going against the trend, so to speak, Green Bay was seven and a half points. It's now eleven. That's three and a half points of movement. And this is from a team that got blown the fuck out against a team that did bite a kneecap off and you know fought to <laughs> hang around a football game that they never really in. Oh, I know they're on the road and all that kind of stuff, but Vegas is here. Here's what I'll say about this game: Vegas is obviously telling you. Not to sell your Packers stock just yet. Because they just got upgraded by three and a half points after looking as bad as they can. And to my buddy's point about Rodgers not giving a shit, I'll disagree with him a little bit. Because if he was to simply take the snap and spike the ball on every down, he would have had a better quarterback rating than what he had when he actually played the game. So, not quarterback rating, QBR, excuse me. So he obviously cared enough to suck worse than spiking the ball every snap because he could have saved a little face and just done that. Yikes. Uh, But that's how bad he was. That's how bad this Green Bay team was. It was a little flukish in how 
bad the ball got rolling, and we all know what Aaron Rodgers is. He's a fucking front runner. This is a front running game. They get up by two touchdowns. Now can can Detroit, you know, snap a kneecap and fucking slide back into this fucking backdoor cover like they did last week? Absolutely. That's why I want no part of this game. However, this is the type of game where Aaron Rodgers gets healthy. He fucking smiles his douchey smile at the end of the game and said, hey, I uh, thought, uh, you know, everything was fucking going wrong. What's wrong with you people? I thought I was in jeopardy. Yep. I thought I didn't care. How do we put up fucking 40 points? Well, because you played the fucking lines, you fucking douche. I so, so I don't want to hear that shit from him either, but that's probably what we're going to see come fucking Sunday night and or Monday night and all the fucking interviews are done. And let, let me just say real quick before we move on, Penny Sewell, who we, you know, was having severe trouble in the preseason, he actually played a really good game in week one. He is the 11th ranked offensive tackle right now with a 75.6 PFF grade. So I don't know, maybe, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. But, you know, those maybe those biting kneecappers of Detroit just needed to get to the regular season to get things going. I don't know. I don't know, baby, but that was all them wins coming to the air tonight. All right, boys and girls, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's time for those free SFRee picks of the week, baby. Longhorn, tell them about that NFL free pick of the week. Yep, and I got hit up uh, by people, some of the seekers, saying, hey, where's those money line parlays that you used to do? Well, here they are. They're coming back. I've got a five-team NFL money line parlay, Woo! and it pays, out tw- it pays out 12 to 1. We got Chicago. We got Pittsburgh. We got Miami. We got New England, and we got Kansas City. That's Chicago, Pittsburgh, Miami, New England. Kansas City pays out 12 to 1 on the money line, and we all do the money dance. Money dance, baby, money dance. And keep those fucking dancing boots going for that college football on Saturday. The college free pick of the week is the Army Black Knights. Don't you dare say anything disrespectful about our military, you (laughs) son of a bitch. They're laying 33 versus stupid Huskies of UConn. Now... I could give you all the stats in the world of how much better Army is in UConn, but I don't need to because Vegas is already telling us I should beat them by five fucking touchdowns. So what I will tell you is since 2015, UConn is the worst ATS team in all of FBS with a cover rate longhorn of 33%. And so far this year, they're 0-2 ATS in FBS play, and they have been dogs of 27.5 and 35 points. And they didn't cover either game. And there's a simple reason for that. And I'll tell you, and it's pretty it's pretty in-depth. And I'm glad I found this stat. Uh, there were dogs of 27 and a half and 35 points. The reason why they did not cover is because they haven't scored a point yet. Not one point. Mm. So it's very hard to <laughs> cover spreads when you don't score any points in the game. Uh, I know this is some in-depth handicapping shit. There's some next-level uh-huh. stuff. But you guys yeah. have been with us long enough to know. I think you can figure it out. I think you can follow where I'm going with this. Uh, the only thing that can derail this Army team, it would be turnovers. They've only turned the ball over once in two games. UConn only has one takeaway in two games. And even line as big as this is, all Army does is run the ball. And it is not hard, Longhorn, you know, when these service academies get rolling to run up a score because they don't have to throw. They don't have to rush. They just run their offense. And the other team just fucking lays down and quits mm-hmm. because they're tired of getting the shit kicked out of them. And you just don't want to defend it for four quarters. So Army just keeps rolling, keeps running the ball. They don't have to do anything special. 
you know, they'll put up 40 mm. and UConn might score, might score a touchdown. We'll see. But anyway, Army minus yeah. 33, baby. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Bo Stevens, you want to know who's going to you want to know who's going to bet against Army? I'll tell you who. Joe fucking Biden, that's who. He hates the Army. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We're talking about that famous website one more time. (laughs) All right, you glory hole seekers. That's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of our seekers for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any and all of our social medias. That's YouTube, Parlor, uh, Rumble, Twitter, Instagram. We're on at Facebook. We're on all of them. But also, don't forget to subscribe to both of our YouTube channels, the Football Glory Hole and the Football 401K with RJ Choppy. And, of course, you can find us now on the one, the only, DallasCowboys.com. People, we are kind of a big deal. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both of us, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Yeah. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby!